Hi, you're listening to Flying Sober. This is a podcast about cultivating relationships and sobriety and stepping into self-discovery through love, understanding, and exploration. The opportunity to learn about yourself through others starts now. Today, we're going to talk about step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. In step one, we learned that we are powerless when chasing the high is making you miserable, whether it's in a relationship, an addiction, or simply engaging in bad behavior that leaves you crippled and has its consequences when you're stuck in this perpetual cycle. We have this saying in AA, when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. So what happens in step two? When the chase becomes a search for something far greater because you want better for yourself. And what if that power can restore you to sanity? Because no human power can, not even yourself. So the question is, is it worth giving up your own will and believing in a power or the universe to deliver something that will make you truly happy? That once you give up giving your own will, that relationship, that job, that amount of money, I had everything that I ever could dream of and it still didn't make me happy. And it was until I came to believe that something bigger than this realm can bring me happiness, bring me sanity, bring me peace. That is when I finally got to step three. But just admitting and believing, one, admitting, two, believing, I was on the right track. Well, I think what I meant by it is not chase, whatever you're chasing, whether it's a relationship or you know, the toxic addiction that you're in on some, some, some sort of behavior that's giving you that high, and it's making you absolutely miserable, and no one, including yourself, can change that. That is when the real journey begins, when you want out of this perpetual cycle. You know, but it's funny, like, it's easy for us on this side of the coin, mm-hmm. like, say, like, yeah, you know, Step two, I came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, you know, and I have found that on a daily basis, and life is great. I fart rainbows, and I levitate into my living room. Like, yeah, you know, it's easy for us. I'm sorry. It's easy for us, but I'm thinking about our listeners, right? This is how I heard people describe it. I came, I came to, then I came to believe, right? And there's different steps, right? So... Step one, I came. I'm here. I realize it. I'm completely powerless. I can't stop this obsessive thinking. I can't stop this obsessive like actions that I have. I'm restless, irritable, and discontent by default until I get what I think that I need, right? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. For somebody in the throes of this bullshit that we talk about, come to believe. How do you think they're supposed to come to? And that brings me to my next point, right? Defiance is the number one characteristic of all human beings, right? Like, that's why most people don't go to therapists. That's why most people hate self-help books, because it's basically, don't fucking tell me what to do, right? And we talked about why people hold on to secrets, because they could be in this perpetual cycle or really abusive relationship, but they're in complete denial, or they just don't want to admit defeat. 
You know that saying, you are as sick as your secrets are. And that's what step two is all about, is stepping out of your misery and reaching out for help. Well, the principle behind step two is hope, right? The principle behind step one is honesty. Once you begin honesty with yourself and another human being, then you step into the principle behind step two, which is hope. So so say that I'm a battered young man who have dealt with completely psychopathic, like psycho women, and I'm still in the throes of of this repeated cycle. Mm -hmm. And I've had my family members, I've had friends tell me, maybe you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do this. And my automatic response is, don't fucking tell me what to do, right? Hope, when you break it down, is hearing other people's experience. Mm, Nice acronym. Right? So if Andrea was here and she said, not even trying to come at me by saying, like, you need to do this and you need to do that, and automatically my brain's going to shut down. Right? Like, we're talking to the people that are still in the throes of it, but don't understand how to find a power far greater than themselves to restore them to sanity. Right? So... If I'm listening to Andrea's experience talking about how she was in a battered relationship and how she felt and how she took certain actions without her telling me what to do, not only am I going to feel comfortable about talking to Andrea about what's going on with me, I'm going to have a little bit more courage to do the certain things that she did because she's not barking at me trying to tell me what to do. She's sharing her experience. That's why the first... What's the first word of that of step two? Came to believe. But it's a we aspect. It's we came to believe. Without other people, and Albert Einstein, I know I quote all of his freaking quotes, but he was one of the smartest men of our era. He said, the same mind that's created the problem is not going to be the one that comes up with the solution. I need other people. But in the same respect, you got to be defeated enough to want to listen to other people's experiences or even be open to it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I need to be open-minded on what's going to be coming in. That's how I get restored to sanity. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize this is a program of spirituality. And interestingly enough, and I've seen, I've seen this with a few people in the past that were in full-blown addiction or in an abusive situation and interesting enough they don't go to church or 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 any other you know a house of god and all of a sudden right before they perish they start believing in something greater themselves they start reading the bible or they they start you know interacting more with with spirituality and these are people that are in this perpetual cycle that we were talking about. And all of a sudden, they, they turn 180 degrees, become, and even they start changing. They literally start changing their demeanor and their behaviors. And this happens right before they, they pass. And it's interesting that it had to get to the end of their lives, you know, to get that way. And, um, and lucky for us, you know, through this spiritual program, we got this sooner. But I think about so many people who are in situations and they think they can fix it. And so step two is like, why not give it a try? Why not come to believe? If there's no human power that can help you, maybe there's something out there that can, because there's enough proof of that. 
you, mentally you can't understand it, but maybe emotionally you can. And if you just connect to it, um, I remember when I connected to it, everything started changing. Everything. Every single thing started changing. And interesting enough, even the people I surround myself with uh, today are very different too because of my spirituality. I have a very different crowd around me. So that's all I got to say about that. I think it's also interesting when you come to believe in a power greater than yourself, you start thanking the universe for bringing you obstacles. Jonathan, can you oblige to that? Absolutely not. I've never had an obstacle. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you bastard. I, I am a bastard. You know, no, I completely agree. But like, here's the thing. I, I you know, let's just call out the obvious. We've got a lot of people that are hurting during this pandemic emotionally, spiritually, physically, psychologically. I mean, every single aspect of people's lives is being affected. So how do you come to believe at a shitty time like this? Well, it's amazing. Um, I remember when I first started even becoming open-minded to a power far greater than myself, I challenged it. I actually said, like, show me your presence and how I should look at you. Hmm. And randomly, out of nowhere, I, I, I go on CNN and they were doing a study and they actually concluded that 33% out of, like, out of all the people in the ICU, okay. 70% of them did not have a, of, of an actual belief in a power far greater than themselves. And they eventually, you know, either got their conditions got worse or they passed away. But that 30%, the rate of those people who actually believed in something greater than themselves, whether it was Christianity, Judaism, Muslim, whatever they actually had a higher rate of getting out of the ICU. And I remember seeing that and I was like, wait a minute, there's got to be something. You think it's some secret force. The force. The force. Pushing them to stay alive. Exactly. And looking for hope and looking for and and, and maintaining faith. And I remember I was always a person that never had that. And I I remember like when this article came out and I was reading, I was like, Uh uh-huh. Maybe I'm, I'm able to experience that. And slowly but surely, my life started changing. Like at that time, I was living with my mother at the age of 26 years old. I mean, the last thing a bachelor wants to do is live with his mom. Like, how am I supposed to, you know, go out on dates and how am I supposed to get laid and all this bullshit? And then eventually one day I realized, like, wait a minute. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be because of all the years that I never had a relationship with my mother. And it was because I started seeking understanding outside of my own thinking and taking a look at the bigger picture. So you could say that you got out of that perpetual cycle. Yeah, but it took a lot of work. Well, when you say work, I mean, okay, so there was this case study in 2014, and I'm just going to give you this example before you explain the work that you did. That they had two groups. There was, um, you know, one group that was just stagnant. They didn't do anything. They were just thrown a piano. Here, you're going to learn the piano. The other group was told, hey, you're going to visualize yourself playing the piano. You're going to play the chords. Here is the music. You're going to watch videos. They saw themselves playing. And the one that did that visualization before they started doing the action actually had the um, ambidextry, like the neurology pathways in their brain to play the piano and pick it up faster than the ones that just got thrown. Here's the piano. Go ahead. So how did you start? What did you do? 
I was hearing other people's experiences of how their lives changed by adopting a power far greater than themselves. And it's funny, I visualized what my life could look like if I adopted that same power. Because at that point in my life, nothing ever seemed to work out. I felt like everybody was handed like the instruction manual to live a good life and it just missed my doorstep. But then I was surrounded by other people that felt the same way, but they found the way out. And by hearing their experiences gave me hope that maybe if I do some of the things that they're doing, that I can have something, that I can have something. And it's funny, I was telling you this story about this woman that I first came into contact with when I was struggling to find a power far greater than my, myself. The one in Tallahassee. The one in Tallahassee. Uh-huh. She said, she was like, my power speaks to me through the radio. And I'm like, and I'm listening. And she's like, if I get in the car and there's a random song, I'm always listening because I feel like that's my power telling me to do something. And I remember at that time, like, I was trying, let's just say I was trying to put square pegs in round holes, right? Like I was trying to make stupid things work that weren't going to really work out. And I remember I was like, all right. And I said it to the power. I'm like, all right, power. Mm -hmm. Testing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. And I'm going to turn on the car. And whatever's on the radio, I'm going to listen. I get in the car. I turn on the car. And what comes on the radio at that moment, I swear, it says, I lift my hands up and I surrender. Oh, wow. Yep. And I remembered I had to surrender the idea that I knew how I, what I was doing. So when it's, when it's coming to believe, Jonathan, I think we kind of, I mean, for us, we have the same story, and yet we've, we've known, we haven't even known each other for like a year. Exactly. But it was the same solution. It was that visualization. It was surrounding yourself with people that you saw were doing what you wanted. And something that was scary for me at first, because I'm, a, you know, I was raised Catholic my entire life, and it was like, do not test that Lord. That's a sin. That's blasphemy. Blah blah blah. But it is a test. Uh, same thing with me. I was like, okay, God. I started simple. I want to see a green car. God, show me a green car. There goes a green car. Uh, show me a sign on the radio, like you just did. It's it's weird. It's like that the secret almost, you know. We're using all these different powers of of attraction. Well, and you know, it's it's interesting. Um, something else that was said to me when I was first starting this journey, and and like because I always had this belief before starting this journey, I always thought that the whole God concept. Mm. I thought of him as a clockmaker. And I'm looking at the clock. He literally made this clock and he's just watching time tick by. And he, he created something. I believe that something created something, but I didn't believe that they had like the actual, you know, caring and understanding of looking at every facet of this mechanism, right? Like I didn't think that this power was in our everyday life and, and, and trying to, you know, be part of the whole picture. Right. It was just above you. It was, yeah. It was like, Judging. All right. it's like, all right, you're there. I get it. And you're just watching. I felt like a little ant. Well, it's funny. I was just about to say like, and Bruce almighty, yes. like he says like, all right, God, I feel like you're just sitting there with a big magnifying glass. just watching me burn. Like I'm squirting. Do you like that sometimes? <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like, but then I said, show me your presence. Mm. Show me your presence. That open-mindedness. And it's funny. Someone said this to me. They said, if you want this power to come into your life, you have to issue it an invitation, right? Like, I'm not going to come over if you don't ask me to come over, right? No, that's weird. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's weird, John. It's weird. Like, so, like, an invitation. Mm. Put out an invitation. You don't know who you're inviting. Oh, my God, yeah. But you hear it from other people's experience that, like, I remember, like, a, a dear friend of mine, she talks about it all the time. She's like, I was tired of seeing these God people with this twinkle in their eye and just happiness and, and so much love. And I just had no idea what that felt like. And she was like, I decided one day, maybe I should try this. You know, and talk about, you know, restoring us to sanity. I think for me, restoring myself to sanity on a daily basis is remembering, like, I don't know what this God is, but I have to accept the fact that I'm not it. Mm. Right? It's insanity to walk around thinking that I can orchestrate my life the way that I want to. I'm just trying year after year. So I I agree. Absolutely. It's frustrating. And just to continue thinking, I got this, I got this, till you just lose your mind and then you come to believe in a power greater than yourself. I don't deserve it. I've been away for so long, this and that. That took me away. That pushed me away. It's like, oh, he's not going to want me. I'm coming in with desperation in my eyes. He's not going to want something like that. It's going to, you know, I. it's, it's karma. I don't know. It's, and I think that's, I mean, just having faith. Do you trust me? Like Aladdin, you know, with his little hand out, just, do you trust me? If you can answer that question, yes. Then comes the rest of that step work. Or even if you say no, just take the hand anyway. Because I remember, I didn't trust this whole process. No. To hell with that. Like, I didn't trust it. But what made me take the leap of faith was really seeing just... My life was terrible, and I had, no, I had no I had no idea how to figure it out. I don't know. It's it, it's an amazing thing, and it, it's one of the hardest things too. You know, it's it's hard for us to say I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. Right. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt, but guess who just walked in? <laughs> My sponsor just happened to walk into the door um, because we're going for my birthday dinner, and um, and I just asked her to step in and to step two and say something about that because we were talking about when you chase that high and it's making you miserable, and then you start searching for something else. That's how it was for me. I started searching for something greater than myself. So I couldn't help myself. My family couldn't help me. My friends certainly couldn't help me because they were in the same toxic lifestyle. And I started searching for God. I remember that. I even went to church and I was raised Jewish. I looked for him everywhere. So Mona, I would love to hear your take on step two because I haven't had the opportunity to do the steps with you yet. Hey, Rachel. Um, I am so excited for your birthday uh, celebration tonight. And um, step two, boy, oh boy, um, you know the spiritual principle behind step two is hope. And what I found in AA is when I walked into my first AA meeting, this gentleman was explaining the, the steps on the wall. And then he said, hope, hold on pain ends. And I held on to that. I held on to that. So, so I knew on step one, my life was unmanageable that I had, um, I had problems with alcohol. I had problems with my life. I had problems with everything in every relationship. So step two was the turning point for me to like, listen, 
because I had that hope when I sat in that chair and I raised my hand and I asked for help. All these people came up to me after the meeting and gave me their phone numbers, and they were there. And it was the first time in my life I felt at home. And when I felt at home, I knew my God was there. And um, I didn't know how to pray to him. I didn't know how, how he was going to direct me, but I followed uh, the suggestions and, the, and what other people before me did. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got on my knees, and you know, I came to believe in a power greater than myself, who I choose to call God. And uh, wow. he gave me a life that I never knew I was even worthy to have. And uh, so today I get to share that message. Maybe the answer for some people who don't have the program is start looking elsewhere. Start inviting different people into your life. Mm-hmm. Look at your surrounding. Yeah. You know, and if these people are in, you know, living in destruction, they're not living in the light of God or in the light of the you know, cosmic universe, if you think about it that way. You know, because I remember when I started searching for God instead of chasing the high so to speak, all the right players came in into the field, you know? And then I realized the people that were standing next to me that were not representing God. That's not a good representation of God. And that's why Mona always says to me, and I love what she says that to me, when you're doing God's work, it will all work out, just as it should. So I continue doing the right thing. He will prepare you. Yes. And he will take care of you. Yes. And that's step two, is believing that there is a force out there that can do that for you. Because if you can't do it alone, just give it up, man. If you can't do it alone, just stop, man. Stop the race. Stop. Stop the sweating. Stop the pain. Stop swimming against the current in any situation in your life. There's something much better out there that can take care of that. And I really believe that. And if I don't believe that, it's being proven to me over and over and over again. It's crazy. It, it gives me goosebumps right now. I can't tell you how many times I said, I can't solve this. And I got on my knees and said, you know, I sometimes I fake it until you make it kind of a thing. And boom. Yeah, you're, ex- you're exactly right. <laughs> I have to tell the audience, Mona, you have most love. Is that like a fresh pedicure? Like, wow! She has. You have beautiful toes. Uh, I got to give it to you. You know, my husband, he he really likes my feet too. (laughs) (laughs) But a a foot fetish is not a problem. (laughs) I don't know what she does to get it, but I want it. (laughs) And a foot fetish should not be a part of of the twelve step series. That's allowed, guys. That's allowed. Only with limits, though. (laughs) If it's causing problems in your life, then uh, yeah. But other than that, I don't. Do you want to add anything to our step two? Yeah, just, you know, I, finishing statements, I guess, right? Okay, all right. Bring it in, Andrea. Bring it in. Bringing it in, taking it home. So, you know me, I love the science of, of the human uh, brain and, and how it works. And, you know, a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to change people, places, and things, and then I'm set. I'm good. 
What it has a lot to do with as well is your neural pathways. If you're stuck in the same habit, it's not like, let's say, you know, we've all moved out to different places and we go back to drinking or that toxic behavior. What the brain has shown us is that we are so accustomed to our old behaviors and thought patterns that it feels uncomfortable and we cannot do that new behavior. So what we have to start doing, and it literally feels like pulling teeth in the beginning. I could still remember to this day how it felt in the beginning, but it is consistency. Make it your mantra if you have to. Write it on your mirror. Came to believe. With every step, just what I have to do to change my thought pattern, to make new, new neural pathways so I can start coming to believe. And yes, it is hard, but nothing easy is worth having and came to believe that you can change if you really want to. You know, like last night I went out with a bunch of people and they asked me, how did you turn your life around? I said, I didn't like the life I was in. It was that simple. And I never looked at it that way. If you don't like where you're at, come to believe that there's something better. Come to believe that there's a force out there that can do that for you. If you just ask. That's the thing. A lot of people live in secret. Just ask. That's all you got to do. It's like Mona said. She walked into a room full of people who were in the same situation, and she just said, I need help, man. I just raised my hand, and I need help. And, and, and people come running. The right people come running. That's what I love about, you know, when you want to change, the right people come into your life. As they say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Just real quick, um, I had, in early sobriety, I had a sponsee who asked me to sponsor her. She didn't believe in God. And I told her, well, I don't think I can sponsor you if you don't believe in God, because I'm all about God. And she goes, wait, the big book says that I don't have to believe in God. I only have to believe in a power greater than myself. And I go, okay, well, let's give this a try. So we did Good Orderly Direction, The Great Outdoors. And then she looked at me and said, I believe because you believe. From that day forward, um, when she picked up a medallion, she'll have nine years. But now her God is G-O-D, God. So so amen to that. Thank you for letting me share, you guys, my experience. Yes! I love that when people just step into the recording studio. Jonathan, you got anything to say to close step two? And happy birthday, sweetheart. It's been the best birthday ever because I'm surrounded with nothing but love. Next episode will be about step three, so be sure to tune in. And with that said, stay healthy, stay safe. Till the next time we connect, to leave us a message or to check out our recovery resources, go to flying-sober.com.